Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to start? Maybe you're overwhelmed by all the tech or you're convinced nobody will actually listen to you. Well, I'm Shauna Game. After nine and a half years as a professional podcaster, at this show, everyone's talking money. And 25 million downloads later, let me tell you the secret to a profitable podcast. It is building a solid foundation, your podcast roadmap before you launch. That's why I created the Podcaster Class, a fast-paced group cohort podcasting for profit eight-week style NBA program. The Podcaster Class is immersive, comprehensive, and insanely motivational. If you want to create a podcast, DIYing a launch is just not the way to go. In the Podcaster Class, you'll get the tools, tips, and strategies to create a podcast that resonates with listeners and one you can be proud of. Get this. 90% of podcasters never make it to episode three. That's 2.8 million podcasters who just quit. So to be a top podcaster, you only need to publish 21 episodes, but you got to make them good. So in the podcaster class, I'm taking the mystery out of how to create, launch, and profit from your podcast so you can create a top 1% podcast just like this one. The May cohort is now open for enrollment. Classes start May 22nd. There are only 15 spots open. You are going to learn podcasting with me and 14 other amazing people. You can learn all the details at thepodcasterclass.com. Use code podcast when you sign up for $100 off. That's thepodcasterclass.com. I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise, and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know, it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete Me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete Me and I got my regular personalized privacy report. (laughs) I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete Me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. Delete Me is not just a one-time service. Delete Me is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use promo code etm at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and enter code etm at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash etm. Go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use code etm for 20% off. Hey, I'm Shauna Compton Game. This is Millennial Money, and today we're talking why women need to save more, in fact, a lot more.
Millennial Money with Shauna Compton Gaines. It will expand your brain. All right, so guys, before you tune out thinking this is just going to be a chick podcast, we are definitely going to talk about women in this podcast episode, but I hope that I'll give you some good tips that, you know, work for everyone because the fact is, is that everyone is saving less for retirement and, you know, I actually hate the word retirement, um, but it's, it's really synonymous with lifestyle. So whatever it is that you, you know, want to do down the line. And I mean, that could be five years or 10 years, or that could be 30 plus years for each of us. It's going to be a little bit different, but really the whole point is, and it's not rocket science. That's the thing. You know, the more money you have saved, the more lifestyle choices that you have. And you know, usually the better lifestyle choices you have. And I wish that there was some other way to kind of slice and dice this, but there really isn't. And, you know, the the earlier you start saving, the better off you're going to be because you can actually save less, but start earlier on and end up with a crap load more money than somebody who maybe waited till like 30s or mid 30s or even 40s to start saving that person's going to have to just, I mean, it's just mathematical, is just going to have to save a lot more money because, you know, the stock market kind of ebbs and flows and, you know, it just takes time for this kind of snowball of savings to really pick up speed and to get bigger and bigger and bigger. So, uh, you know, one thing that I really wish I would have started is saving really when I was in college. I wish I knew that, you know, while I was working in college, I actually ran a business when I was in college, you know, I could have been putting money into retirement then. And I really wish that I, you know, wasn't so hard headed, and that I would have seen really the benefit in it. But you know, whatever you live and learn. So one thing that I did do when I got out of college, and you know, was running my business, and, um, you know, really kind of understood how this works was without even thinking every single year, I was contributing the max to my retirement account and it got really large, really fast. In fact, um, you know, before I got divorced and a lot of the the money got depleted, which happens in divorce, unfortunately. So please, please, if you get married, please stay married or don't marry someone until you find the absolute right one. That is, that is my relationship advice for you today. Um, because it is very costly and extremely expensive to get divorced. I don't care what anybody says. Um, it can literally financially devastate you. Um, and I am kind of case in point, I really had to start over in my thirties and, you know, with kind of a big gulp and very humbly start from scratch. I felt like I was just graduating from college again and just, just starting all over, but starting all over with, with debt and starting all over with, um, a lot of obligations that I had because of getting divorced. So, I mean, in hindsight, obviously it was, it was a great choice for me because I absolutely adore, uh, Jeff, my husband now, um, perfect. We are perfect fit. If there ever is such a thing, there really isn't right. There is no perfect fit, but we fit together very well. I guess I will say that, um, and complement each other, you know, extremely well. And, and I just, I mean, I, I mean, just, you know, I wish I would have found him when I was in my twenties, but I did not. It was my thirties and I had some hard, uh, life money reality lessons to learn along the way, but I, dig- I digress. I really do. 
Anyway, my whole point of that whole long drawn out story was just start early and you're going to be shocked at, you know, how fast that, that retirement account really grows. If you're committed to saving, if you make saving for retirement is truly a fixed expense, something that you do every month without even thinking, it just auto deducts from your um, from your paycheck. So you don't even, I mean, it's like, it's like the money never even really existed for you anyway. Right. And if you're not contributing the max, I really, really want to encourage you to every year, every six months up your percentage, at least by a percentage or two, you're not going to feel that big of a difference in your paycheck, but where you are going to see it is you're going to see that account really start growing. And that's what you want. You want the numbers to go upwards because, you know, realistically, there are going to be some down years. There's going to be some tough times in the market. That's just historically, it's just going to repeat itself, right? Will it happen? You know, will 2008, 2009 happen again? I don't know. I can't tell you. Um, that hasn't happened since, you know, really the Great Depression. So, you know, maybe we have, you know, a few good years in here to go, but you will see some dips. That's just the way this works. But I don't want you to freak out about it because, if you start saving early, you've got kind of this huge time horizon. But let's talk about us girls, right? You know, we really get the short end of the stick. And I'm I'm really, um, I'm kind of fed up with pay gaps for women. I mean, I, I just, the career that I have and the industry that I work in, I am usually the only woman in a room. Um, I deal with a lot of small businesses, a lot of entrepreneurs. That's kind of my niche. Even younger, you know, um, millennial clients, and I am usually always the only female in the room, and it 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 doesn't bother me because this has really been my whole career, and I, I'm used to it. I'm used to being in a room full of men. I'm used to holding my own. Um, I'm used to not being pushed around. I'm used to also not being offended when someone calls me honey because I just look at them and go, yeah, right, you know, I know my stuff, so. I don't need to be validated by somebody else. Don't get me wrong. I don't let someone step on me, but I think you, I think you understand. Um, so I'm just, I'm really tired of it because it, it's just, you know, it's 2017. It's ridiculous that, um, there still is this, you know, I mean, let's just talk about racism, right? I mean, that this still exists in the United States is just, it's crazy to me. I mean, it, it, you know, will we ever get past these things? Will we ever get past the fact that women can actually hold their own in a career the same way that a man can? Um, you know, yeah, we may, we may react to certain things in a business setting different than men. We're obviously more emotional. There's really no way to, um, you know, to get around that. Sorry. We've got these built-in things called hormones and they just kind of have a mind of their own. Sorry, guys. Um, we really can't help it. Um, and so we just, we just, you know, we do things a little bit differently, but it doesn't mean we do things wrong or it doesn't mean we're not as smart as, or it doesn't mean we can, we can't do as good as. And so, um, you know, really hope that this is, that this is going to change and that, and that women really are going to have, you know, the shot to run the businesses, to start the businesses, to, um, lead in the, in the companies, the way that they, the way that they should. And, um, you know, my own experience, I mean, really, I, I am quite used to being the only female. I'm quite used to 
walking into a room with especially older men and them looking at me like I'm the secretary or the assistant and, you know, quickly saying to them, oh, no, no, (laughs) no, I'm not. In fact, I'm the one that's actually going to help figure out your problem and figure out how to help you. So perhaps you might not want to look down on me. Yes, it's, it's, it's frustrating, but you know, I, I really wanted to talk about this subject because NerdWallet, my friends at NerdWallet, put out this amazing analysis that I thought was just, it's too important to overlook. And we're going to talk a lot about, the, you know, the NerdWallet data that they kind of came up with. Um, one of the things they found that the average American woman must save $1.25 for every dollar that a man invests in retirement savings to build an equivalent nest egg. Got that, ladies? So we got to save more. We got to save a lot more. We got to save about 25% more just to have a shot at getting at the equivalent spot that a man does. And they also found that for every dollar men earn, women in the U.S. make 80 cents on average, according to the latest data. The wage gap today can lead to an even bigger divide down the road when it comes to retirement savings in a 401k uh, traditional IRA or a Roth IRA plan or any other plan, right? Any other savings plan. It's just mathematically speaking, if we're earning 80 cents less than our male counterparts, we're going to need to save more, right? Um, and, and what happens with women is, you know, we start and stop our career a lot. So we might stop our career when we get married. We might start our career, stop our career, I should say, when we get pregnant or when we have a baby for a few years, you know, to be home to raise the kids. Um, maybe something happens with our husband down the line and we have to stop our career to take care of our husband, whatever it may be. There's so many different scenarios that happen with women where we are constantly putting the pause button on our career. So if you think about it, you know, when you put the pause button on your career, that means you're not earning money. And if you're not earning money, that means you're not contributing to your retirement savings. So of course, you're going to have a lot less in savings, right? That just, it just makes sense. That's that we we can't slice that again any other way. But I thought it was really interesting that this NerdWallet analysis looked at states where the pay gap has shrinked the most and places where the pay gap just hasn't. It hasn't shrinked. In fact, it may have gotten larger. And they found some key results. And I I just think a lot of these are super, they're just eye-opening. I just have to share. So the pay gap is actually improving what they found. Uh, so like we talked about, women in the U.S. on average uh, make 80 cents for every dollar a man earns as measured by medium annual income. But this is actually up from 77.5 cents in 2007, right? So we're getting better-ish. Not great, but we're getting better. And there's some states with smaller wage gaps. So states with the smallest pay gap in 2015 were New York, where women earned on average 88.7% of a men's wages, followed by Delaware, interesting enough, 88.5% of men's wages, Florida, 86.6% of men's wages, North Carolina, 85.9%, and Rhode Island, 85.8%. I thought those were really super interesting. I would have thought that uh, California would be in there somewhere, but... It wasn't to my surprise. 
So the states where the gap is actually larger include Wyoming, where it's 64.4%, Louisiana, 68%, West Virginia, 70.6%, Utah, 71.1%, and North Dakota, 71.1%. Hmm, interesting. All right, so they also found that it's not getting better everywhere. So while the wage gap narrowed in 46 states from 2007 to 2015, three states, Oklahoma, Utah, and Vermont, actually charted bigger gaps in that period, and Texas saw no change. So across the board, we're not seeing a change. This is really sort of state-specific and and really interesting states. I mean, I would have never guessed that Rhode Island or Florida would have actually closed the pay gap while other states, it actually widened. So women in Rhode Island actually saw the gap narrow the most at 11%. However, women earned 85.8 cents for every $1 men received, up from 77.3 cents in 2007. So I know this is a lot of numbers here, right? It's a lot of numbers. But the point, again, is that everywhere women are not earning equal to men, everywhere, right, across the board. But again, we have these like isolated pockets kind of all around the U.S. where, you know, some states are better than others. And of course, all of this really affects your retirement savings overall and, and again, has such a big impact on your lifestyle options. And while you may not feel it, you know, necessarily now while you're in career, while you're in your career, just think about, you know, when you, when you get to the point where you want to stop working, what if you lived in one of these other states where you actually earned, I don't know, 20% more or even 10% more? Just those kind of fractions of numbers could actually really change your whole kind of retirement and lifestyle outlook. They also found that the nation's men and women struggle equally to save for retirement. The National Retirement Risk Index suggests that just over half of U.S. families aren't saving enough to maintain their current standard of living once they're retired. But the with the wage gap, it makes this challenge much more pronounced for women. So across the board, we're not saving what we should be saving, right? And, and the problem with that is that you know, when you get to when you want to quote unquote retire or change your career or dramatically change your life, usually your expenses don't go down. So when I used to run a retirement projection for someone, I would actually say, okay, well, you know, they're probably going to spend like 80%, 70 to 80% of whatever they're spending now at retirement, but this doesn't work anymore. We have to throw out that whole theory because so many things are costing more. The cost of living is much higher now, especially if you live in one of the big metropolitan areas, right? You can't get by with less than whatever you're making now. Some of us are literally just kind of scraping by as is, you know? I mean, you make $100,000 in Los Angeles or, you know, New York City, and I mean, you're just, you're just barely getting by. And that's crazy. It's ridiculous. So, you know, across the board, men, women, we've got to do better. We've got to save more. So kind of your benchmarks, right, is across the board, pretty much everyone should be saving at least 15% in retirement. But women, 
you got to save about 18.8% just to break even, just to, to get where the men are at. And, and that's not, you know, excelling past. That's just to, you know, hopefully arrive at that same place. And so it's not just about savings, right? So it's one thing to actually save the money, but it's another thing like, are your savings actually allocated correctly for your age and risk tolerance, right? Are you being risky enough? Are you being too risky? You know, what is your own risk tolerance and what age are you? Because that does have an effect on things. You know, um, the, the theory is the younger you are, the riskier you can be. But that doesn't work for everybody. You know, sometimes people in their 20s are like, I don't want to be risky. But you got to take on a little bit of risk to get some sort of reward. That is that is really how investing works, right? How much risk are you willing to take on for the perceived reward? And there's a cor- there's usually a correlation to those two. Um, you know, should your 401k be managed with someone like our friends at Bloom or Betterment or one of the services where you pay, you know, a small monthly fee, but you have someone professionally manage that so that they can actually, you know, get you allocated correctly? And are you rebalancing your portfolio every year? So you, are you actually looking at what's going on in your 401k, your IRA, your Roth? Usually the answer is no. Most people, you don't even look at your statements, your quarterly statements, so you don't have a good feel for what's going on. And even if you don't understand what you're looking at, I want you to at least look at what is going on because I mean, it's your money, right? It's your money that you are directing here. And so at least have some gauge of what's going on. And if you don't understand anything in that statement, you know, shoot me an email or, you know, Google. I mean, you can Google anything, right? (laughs) You can look up anything. So really educate yourself. But let's talk about a few tips, right? So, So what in the world do we do? to try and bridge this gap for women. But but these tips really work for anyone. Um, so one is, you know, and I talk about this all the time, it's get that full match on your workplace retirement account. Remember the match, it equals free money and we can't get free money anywhere. <laughs> so take all the free money you can get. Now, unfortunately, there are a lot of companies out there now that aren't offering a match. You know, they're just, they don't want a match. But there are an awful lot of companies that are at least offering a 3% match, some that are 6% or more. So whatever your match is, you should contribute at least up to that match to get that match, right? Because again, that is free money and it's just helping your account grow even bigger than whatever you're putting in. So that's a plus. The other thing is, Double dip savings. So there aren't a lot of places that you can double dip. I know many of us, you know, kind of anti-double dippers, right? It really depends for me if double dipping is allowed because if it's somebody I know, I'm okay with the double dipping scenario. But like if I'm out with, with you know, a potential client or like on a work outing or whatever, like I just say no to double dipping. But if I see someone else double dip, I'm totally grossed out. Like especially if I don't know you. Am I alone in this or is this, is this how this double dipping thing works? All right. Anyway, back to this. So what I mean by double dipping savings is if you have a 401k or 403b at work, you can also open a separate IRA, a separate Roth if you qualify, 
or a separate taxable account, right? So you can have multiple places where you're saving money. And uh, NerdWallet has this awesome kind of guide where they have their top choices for the best IRA providers. I'll make sure and put the link in the show notes. You can head over there. They've got a, a ton of resources They've also got a resource for picking the best online brokers if you want to set up a taxable account. What I mean by taxable account is that you can set up a separate stock account, right? Where you're you're picking stocks that's not in your 401k, your Roth, or your IRA. So that may be something that you want to add. You know, maybe you're curious about stock investing and you want to kind of dabble into it. So you know, be sure to check the show notes for uh, that nerd wallet uh, list. Another thing is just, you know, again, carve out savings in your bank account. I talk about knowing your numbers over and over and over again until I am blue in the face because I am so committed that everyone understands the power of knowing their numbers. When you know what you're spending your money on, then you have control. You can direct your money in different directions. And I know there may not be a lot of extra money and that's fine, but, but knowing your numbers, knowing what you actually spent your money on every single month, that's how you can make changes. That's how you can go, oh crap, like we budgeted, you know, 250 for eating out this month and we actually spent like 500, like, okay, either we got to budget more or we've got to put some sort of boundaries around eating out. And I know this stuff isn't fun. Look, I get it. I get it. I get it. I know it's not fun. I know it isn't. But remember, you're the CEO of your own money. You're the CEO of your own business, right? And you got to put that CEO hat on and you got to take some responsibility for what is happening in your actual bank account. Because without even earning $1 extra, you can radically change your entire financial trajectory just by knowing your numbers. So when you know your numbers, maybe you might be able to find some extra savings in there. Maybe it's an extra percent or two that you can, you know, commit to your 401k or your IRA or your Roth or whatever it may be to really up this percentage. Side hustles are super in for millennials. Um, There are a million and one different ways that you can earn money on the side, but a side hustle is a great way to drive extra savings into retirement. Um, You know, you you could do it where you know, a certain percentage of whatever you make on your side hustle, 50% or 25%, whatever it may be, just automatically drives into savings. And it could go into lots of different savings, right? It could go into your travel savings. It could go into your retirement account. Um, it could go into paying off debt, whatever it may be. But, you know, and a side hustle could certainly turn into your full-time business. That's certainly not unheard of. Um, I work with a lot of bloggers that are actually making like legitimately making six figures plus that they're clearing that amount of money every year on blogging. Now it's a, it's a lot of work and I'm not going to make anything sound shiny and glossy and easy, but, uh, you know, it's an amazing way for a side hustle to turn into a, like a super legitimate business. Another thing is, you know, negotiate wisely with those pay increases. And women, we're not so good at this. We could really take some pointers from our male friends, um, spouses, our counterparts. Uh, My friend Jacqueline Twilly, she is an expert at helping you learn how to negotiate women. And I really highly suggest if this is something that you're not good at, I'm going to put a link over to Jacqueline in the show notes. 
click over to her, send her a message, say hi, tell her that you found her from the podcast. She has got some amazing resources to help you learn how to negotiate. But if you negotiate, you know, even $10,000 more when you're, you know, switching jobs or when you're up for a promotion, all of that matters. It, it hugely matters because it, it sets a new benchmark for you in earning, and then you can drive even more into your retirement savings. And lastly, just think about building your base. So building a really strong foundation. We don't talk a lot on this podcast about life insurance, but it is definitely something I'm passionate about. It is really, um, you know, how I got started in the financial business. And I know you may not think life insurance is important, but if you're married or you're in a relationship or you have a family or you're thinking about starting a family, life insurance, what it could provide is a replacement to income. So let's just say you're married, right? And one of you ladies, let's just say something happens, unfortunately, to your husband. Well, you're going to lose a lot of income there, right? So life insurance helps fill in that income. And when you're young, it's cheap. When you're healthy, it's cheap. It's just such a good thing to look into. And then, you know, like alternate investments, you know, real estate, um, there's some life insurance that actually builds up cash value. I know there's a lot of people that poo-poo it, but I have seen it do uh, wonders. It's not a fit for everyone. It is definitely, you know, something unique for certain situations, but it's definitely another way to really kind of boost up your savings. So there's lots of ways to slice this, but you know, the point is ladies, like we got to get to saving. We, we're going to outlive our male counterparts. That is, that is usually what happens. And unfortunately, most of the times we spent all the money while the male was alive and then we got nothing. Um, with social security, we don't know what's going to happen with that. Like there's just not a lot we can rely on. And so we got to be like really, we got to be really like pissed off and, and super motivated to not only to really push this wage gap thing, not only to really push like, hey, we are just as smart. We are just as um, intelligent. Sorry, guys, but but we really can do a lot of things you can do. And and same same with you guys. I mean, there, there are some things that you guys do better than us. There's There's nothing wrong with it. We just want an even playing field. We just want to be able to make as much money because it obviously greatly matters in the long run. All right. So ladies, hopefully I've inspired you guys. If you're listening to this podcast, you know, find some, some lady in your life and really encourage them to listen to this podcast and to start implementing some of these tips because we just got to save more. As always, you can follow me on Twitter and Snapchat at Shauna Game and Instagram at Millennial underscore money. 